Welcome to the Oxford Psychiatry podcast series. Today's podcast will be a little bit different. I'm here with Dr. Daniel Morn to talk about his work in sustainability. He's taken two years out of his psychiatry training to think about sustainability. So Daniel, could you tell me a little bit more about what you're doing at the moment? Thank you, Charlotte. Um, Hopefully it will be different, but also interesting and different. Sustainability is something which is difficult to get your head around. But uh, once you do, I think it's quite an interesting paradigm or interesting way of thinking about mental health services. So what am I doing? Uh, The Royal College have funded a two-year post to think about sustainability and mental health. They've chosen a clinician because they realise the importance of uh, thinking about sustainability from a clinical perspective. Okay. So the next two years will be about thinking through what a mental health service looks like when it is improving in sustainability, when the practices, when the governance, when the interventions are thought about from a sustainable perspective and improvements are made that reduce the impacts, the broad impacts that services are having on on society, the environment and um, economically as well. It sounds a very broad remit that you might be involved in lots of different things. But could you just give us a flavour of what exactly sustainability is? Sustainability is a very broad subject and it can be quite confusing. It, it arose out of, the corporate, in, out of corporate America when they were trying to understand what corporate responsibility should be, trying to understand the broader impacts of an organisation. And John Alkington came up with the triple bottom line as a framework for understanding sustainability. So an organisation has impacts in three broad areas people, profit and planet. So it has impacts on society, on communities, it has impacts on um, profit and the money that they're making or the money that they're using and has impacts on the environment. So when we think about mental health services and sustainability, what we need to realise is that every everything that you do, every drug you prescribe, every intervention has a financial cost, an environmental cost, and a, and a social cost. Or, or, and another way of thinking about this is, is about capitals. So if you think about the fact that we have financial, environmental and social capital, well, the first two we need to make sure we reduce our impact uh, on, on those capitals. And I, I think actually mental health services should be restoring social capital because mental health conditions can reduce social capital by um, reducing community contacts, reducing um, employment rates, things like that. So mental health services should be restoring social capital. So we think about it in those three areas. Right. Another way of thinking about sustainability is that um, analogy of a factory. We have a factory, say, in Europe somewhere that's producing the most wonderful teddy bear at the cheapest price. And you think, well, that's a fantastic factory. But actually you take a broader look and you realise that, that that factory is working its workers to the bone so that they, uh, their morale is low, their relationships break down because they're spending all the time at the factory, the factory don't give, pay them enough so they can, can't send their children to school, and you find that they're polluting the river a lot. So what you find is that although it's a great product for small cost, the environmental and social impacts are really significant. And in a sense, the NHS is doing that. 
we're, going, we're delivering really good interventions for um, small amounts of money, which is great, and I don't want to knock that, but actually if you look at the environmental impact, it's huge. It's the equivalent of uh, a few sub-Saharan African countries put together, or a couple of Eastern European countries. Um, and actually if you look at some of the social impacts, the staff experience, patient experience, or actually what the NHS is thinking about in terms of contributing to communities, to local communities, and the impact that it could have, it's just not thinking in these ways. And just like that factory needs to wise up a bit, the NHS needs to wise up to the fact that it has a lot of potential to improve its practice and a lot of scope to um, really build, build communities and be a... Be a um, uh, an inspiration really to other organisations and as healthcare professionals we should be leading the way in this regard. But I can see for um, a service such as say renal dialysis there might be a lot of savings that you could make that might have an impact um, on the individuals and communities and also on the environment and the planet if you're thinking about water usage for example. How would this exactly relate to mental health services where we might be using less resources to some degree? How can we actually make that more sustainable? It's a very good question. I think that it is easier for the technical specialties like um, kidney care, like anaesthetics, where they're using a lot of materials to focus on um, what the environmental impact of that is. But a, a, a way that I think about it is we use the biopsychosocial framework, biological, psychological and social framework to keep a patient healthy. Well, actually, any health organisation needs to use the triple bottom line to keep the service healthy. Okay. So when we think about mental health services, actually medications, right? So the fifth, if, you, if you look at the studies, about 50% of pe patients that we prescribe medication to actually take it. If you look at the, the carbon footprint of medications, uh, they are about uh, 20%. So then about 10% of the the carbon footprint of the NHS is produced by pharmaceuticals that aren't being used. Okay. So when you think about that, what about maximising adherence? Mm -hmm. uh, another thing is um, looking at things like how can we reduce clinic attendance by empowering patients to manage their own care so that there is a different relationship um, and a different uh, less reliance on services. So it's about empowering patients, it's about prevention, it's about lean service analysis, and it's about using technology. I'm quite excited about the potential for using technology for um, educating patients, for using online cognitive behavioural therapy techniques mm -hmm. that have good, good evidence, that, um, for, for establishing peer-to-peer -peer support networks, for um, patients actually to have access to their electronic notes and be able to write on them and monitor their symptoms using texting um, from their smartphones onto a web-based platform. There's lots of different areas that we can really empower patients, really educate patients to manage their own conditions more and therefore reduce reliance on services. And we know that reduced reliance on services actually is, is less costly financially it's less costly for the environment and actually, um, hopefully, will restore them back to an independent, functional state in their community, therefore restoring social capital. 
Wow, I mean, it sounds like the sustainability agenda then could really improve things on so many different levels. Actually, when you look at the constraints of the health services uh, at the moment, they're really significant. So the Climate Change Act says we need to reduce emissions by 80% by 2050. Mm-hmm. That's not necessarily legally binding. We're not going to be all thrown in prison if we don't meet them. But the NHS is committed to meet them. Um, if you look at the f- funding... We're unlikely to get any real-time funding increase for the next 10 years, but activity in mental health services increases about 4 or 5% per year. How are we going to cope with that increase in activity? If you look at the population growth, we're the f- fastest population, we've got the fastest rate of population growth in Europe. How are we going to deal with that as mental health services? Actually, if you look at society as well, it changes all the time using social networking sites, urbanisation... Sustainability is something which not only deals with the constraints, but also moves with the times and gets you thinking about how to engage with society in a preventative way, not in a not in a necessarily an individual illness focus, but establishing a, a community health focus that's preventative and empowering. I'd say that's more of a sustainable way of looking at mental health services. From a systems point of view, it sounds like this all makes sense and it's all a really good idea. But why should psychiatrists or other clinicians actually be interested in this? What's in it for them? Yes, that's a good question. Uh, It's very difficult to... um, When you speak to clinicians who are already stressed with their day-to-day work, with their day-to-day clinical burden, to get them to think big... Mm-hmm. I think clinicians need to be interested because actually this is a win-win. If they um, can begin to see uh, new ways of practicing, which I, I mean I've got some ideas. I don't have the whole picture by any means. You know, we need, we need to work together, and that's part of the network that I'm creating, a sustainability representatives network. We're trying to build up a, a body of or bank of um, case studies and experience of what sustainability looks like on the ground and we find, what you find is is that there are some things we can do which um, make life easier for ourselves um, by, as, I, as I've said before, reducing burden on services but also um, working together and having a greater responsibility for your service in general in ge- I believe engenders a sense um, of community amongst staff members so whilst you might be stressed out by yourself, you can, by by working together on these things, you can really foster a, a positive spirit. And also, I think there needs to be a broader responsibility for uh, amongst clinicians for the health of their service. We're in a situation where the NHS isn't guaranteed for the next fifty years, and we need to really be an advocates for showing politicians and commissioners that we can produce high quality services that are fit for the future and we need to think actively about that so I think our responsibility does lie in broader terms than than necessarily just the patient sitting in front of us. I think clinicians have a history of forward thinking and I think sustainability is that. Can you give me a snapshot of what a sustainable mental health service would look like? Or perhaps any specific examples about what you're doing locally in Oxford? Right, okay. So um, I think one particular area, when you mentioned kidney care as being an easy way to think about sustainability, 
If somebody needs dialysis, they just need dialysis well, or they need a new kidney. But if somebody has a mental health condition, yes, they need all the management. They need the medication, the psychotherapy, the support that mental health services can bring. But there is also a lot of work that they can do to help themselves. So I would say there's something about um, a sustainable mental health services that has recovery um, as a priority at every step along the patient journey. It also is one that... um, develop structures within the community that can maintain mental health. So um, an interesting thought is that for people with chronic health conditions, four hours spent in front of um, a clinician uh, compared to the 4,800 hours spent at home, clinicians tend to focus on the four hours they see the patient, whereas actually we should really be enabling the patient to deal with those 4,800 hours, a way to improve that. One, one way that we're thinking about that in Oxford, as you've asked, is, is the True Colours um, intervention, which is a, something run by Professor Geddes here, which is a mood monitoring service, and now is more than mood monitoring, any kind of mental health symptoms where you text it in on your smartphone, it goes to a web-based platform, you can see how your, your symptoms are doing, say you've been drinking a lot, your symptoms aren't so good, you stop drinking, your symptoms improve. You think, oh, I should maybe not drink as much as I do. It, it, it teaches patients, it enables patients, it empowers patients to manage their own condition a bit more. That's one example that we've got. Okay. I know you've taken two years out for this sustainability fellowship. What kinds of things are you doing during this fellowship? Well, I'm trying to understand how to measure sustainability. That's looking at the triple bottom line framework, people, profit, planet. Think, not, trying to think not just how much a service costs financially, but what are the environmental impacts, what are the social impacts of an intervention. Um, we're scoping out a potential review of the um, complex needs service here in Oxford as a potentially sustainable service. We are, I'm, I'm building a network which you can join if you go to the Centre for Sustainable Health Care's website and click on the mental health network on the left-hand side. You can join a mental health sustainability network. We've got um, an increasing number of members, currently around 70, which um, has grown since, since um, in the past month or so as I've been beginning to advertise that. That's really a sharing of ideas and um, opportunities for improving sustainability. Um, I'm also developing a college report for sustainability and really it's about creating a context for change, not only telling clinicians about how to think sustainably but also giving them the tools to do that as well. Okay. What are the challenges that you're facing when you're trying to do this work? Yeah, I think the challenges are on a number of levels. Sustainability is very broad. It's difficult to get your, your teeth into. So I think um, for providing case studies and practical examples are, are key to that. Mm-hmm. Another key challenge is uh, prevention because um, as we're squeezed as clinicians, it's very easy to become squeezed in your clinical practice to just fight fires. And sustainability is about forward thinking. It's about planning 
um, future uh, op- opportunities or f- future um, relapse risk um, with your patients. So it's really about thinking preventatively, and, and that can be a struggle when there's so much of a squeeze. There's also the the challenge of um, working with teams because you might find that there's an individual who really is very keen for sustainability but getting the team in power to change practice can be quite difficult as well and I think sustainability is only going to become more important. We only have a finite amount of resources. Uh, We realise at a very high level David Nicholson, um, Malcolm Grant, Malcolm Grant's the chair of NHS England. David Nicholson's just resigned as the um, CEO of NHS England. Um, they got sustainability. We re- they realised the importance of the agenda, and I think it's only going to get more um, important. But it's about realising the clinician. It's a, it's a clinician's uh, uh, agenda today. It's not an agenda of tomorrow. That's a, that can be a challenge. Great. Well, thank you very much. That was a really good introduction to sustainability and the benefits it can have on people, on the planet and on profit. And it really does sound like it's going to be something that we all need to take on and think about in our day-to-day practice. You mentioned it once briefly, but could you just reiterate, if other people are interested in getting involved in this, how can they contact you and how can they get involved in this? Yes, if you're interested, please do get in touch with me. If you, uh, the best way to find me is on the Centre for Sustainable Healthcare website, or you can go to my blog on rcpsych.ac.uk forward slash sustainability, or you can tweet me at, at sustainablepsych. So thank you, Charlotte. We'll certainly look forward to hearing about how you get on and hearing about how your plans develop. Thank you very much. Thanks.